Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Groundhog Day. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you haven't seen the film, just be aware that the plot of the film will be spoiled for you if you listen to this episode. Enjoy. Hello, hello. It's Friday, Friday, shopping on Black Friday, pushing people (laughs) over just to get a TV. I love to shop. Yeah. Stamping them, stamping them. Yeah. (laughs) Push some children over. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. So this is, this is our Black Friday episode. It is. Um, are you? Will, will you? Well, it seems we're recording ahead of time. Will you be um, indulging in this year's festivities? I am going to get my elbow pads on. I'm going to um, cover my trousers in glue and then roll in broken glass. Um, I'm going to take my my cricket bat um, and the um, lid to a metal bin, and I'm going to go wreak havoc to get some goodies. Yep. Because you really want a new Bosch toaster. I mean, that's yeah, that, that's what I'm after. It's like the One Ring, Lord of the Rings, apart from yeah. tastes, tastes. It's your precious. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have that than a magic ring. Something that gives me toast. Love a bit of toast. Yeah, the ring is not good. I don't understand why everyone's so obsessed with this stupid ring. Like, it just it turns everyone into dickheads. It's like, they did the, come tell on. you what, they did the right thing in destroying it. Yeah, they did. Although, you know, it would have been cool to turn invisible and be like, ha I might have been corrupted by an evil godlike monstrosity, but I can turn invisible when I want. No, that 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 is pretty cool. It's not it's like the, the invisibility cloak in Harry Potter. That that doesn't come with any side effects. Apart from Voldemort oh, from... wanting to kill you, but that's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I mean he's pretty easy to deal with. Can't kill a baby. Yeah. He's he's a little like ghost baby for most of Harry Potter. And as we've as we've as we've already established, hammer in one hand, wand in the other, jobs are good. Wand and hammer. Is that, is <laughs> that wand your and hammer? That's <laughs> my favourite pub. brand of toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> it's the name of my pub I'm setting up. The wand and hammer. <laughs> I'd go there. I'd go there. It sounds like it would serve some craft ale. And it would be it would be in that good beer guide, and it would be frequented by beardy blokes from camera. Yeah, and also wizards who are renowned for being beardy blokes. Yep, actual actual wizards. Did you see yes. that tweet where it was comparing like young besuited Jude Law Dumbledore from the recent film to long white bearded sparkly robe Dumbledore from the original first Harry Potter film, saying, "Oh, when did Dumbledore decide that it was okay to finally like be himself or whatever?" And the answer is, he got tenure. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens, isn't it? Immediately, just I'm going to start wearing robes. Yeah, I mean. From that point of view, it's probably a very, very good thing that my career in academia didn't really work out. Because if it, if it had, by now I'd be a kind of attended professor just walking around in a mankini and they just wouldn't be able to touch me. It, that, that's exactly what would happen, Paddy. I, I know you well, and I know because your I'd desire be to wear mankinis. 
Yeah, that's that's the real me. It is. It's your it's your true self. Yeah. Living your best life in the mankini. Yep. But um, Black Friday is just weird. It's weird how we've adopted that as the kind of kind of Amer- like wholesale American import of like tradition, but we haven't adopted the nice thing that goes with it, which is Thanksgiving. So it's like, oh, don't bother seeing your family or taking any time off work. Just run down to the shops and kill people. Yeah, I I think it, we've got to the true root of modern culture, haven't we? Yeah. Get get rid of all of the nonsense about loving one another. Get right down to the buying stuff you don't need. Yeah, don't don't be thankful. Thankfulness no. is for suckers. Yeah, only losers are thankful for things. You know, were we thankful when we won those two world wars and conquered half the world and shit? No, we weren't. <laughs> we just we wanted, wanted more. more. <laughs> but that is the British psyche, isn't it? It's well, the British psyche is. We're a bunch of ungrateful bastards. Never to be happy and never to be unhappy. Because if you're unhappy, then you're some kind of scoundrel. If you're happy, it means you've given up on the true middle-of-the-road misery that is being a great British hero. That's true. Yeah, you can't be truly thankful because it's raining all the time. And, yeah, <laughs> But you, you can't be unhappy because it's like, look, there are still buses and stuff. You can still just about get on the road when you need to. There's, you know, Tesco's. There's Asda. <laughs> there's... there's Greg's. That that that's the true English motto. <laughs> there's, yeah. you know, Tesco's. Yeah. On the plus side, we've got little chefs. Although, alas, very few. Really? Yeah, little chef is is going down. Unfortunately, uh, I'm I'm quite sad about that. I love a bit of Little Chef. Like I don't know if you did. You used to visit that Little Chef on the way down to Exeter, once or twice. Yeah, yeah, that one's gone now. Oh man, what's it? What have they put in its place? Nothing at the moment. Probably some cows. <laughs> it is Britain. Yeah, for American listeners, Little Chef is kind of like the the like nice diners that you have when you drive from place to place and you stop off for lunch, except. It was conceived and staffed by your nan. <laughs> yeah, imagine imagine an American diner apart from replace American diner food with British food. Yeah, I mean like proper stodgy stuff. Yeah, and and, and I I have a special place in my heart for Little Chef because they do they did do a good um, like English breakfast. You didn't really want to order anything off the root of the English breakfast. That that way is where. The true stodge and the true danger lay. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you get like a bread sandwich with dumplings and bread. <laughs> <laughs> Served on a bread plate. Yeah. Covered in gravy. Oh, yeah. Everything's covered in gravy. Literally everything. Did you see that? Um, are you, you're aware of Philadelphia Flyers mascot Gritty, right? <laughs> I am, yes. I Who kind is of. The, the hero that we need in 2018. <laughs> I kind of love him, but I'm also incredibly confused. I think that's most people's reaction to him. But no, he's definitely a force for good. And he gave an interview to the to Time magazine today, I think. I think it was Time magazine. Um, and they said, what does he like to eat for Thanksgiving? And he says, just a giant, ba- giant uh, boat of gravy with a straw. So there you go. I mean, I'm down for that. That's what he likes. And did you see this week? He also put a child in the penalty box for fighting him. <laughs> 
It's all that child deserves. Yeah, because they have like these cutesy, cutesy segments in between um, periods in the ice hockey game where little kids get to go and skate on the ice amongst their heroes and stuff, and it's really cute and adorable. And one of them skates up to Gritty and just starts punching him. So Gritty picks him up, puts him in the timeout box. He's uh, a genius. Yeah, I mean, who does that? Yeah, that that kid has some terrible parents. He should... That that child is going to grow up to be a wrong un. Yeah, definitely. Any Anytime he sees a mascot, he's going to have to punch him. <laughs> yeah, just whacking him one. Yeah. Either that or he'll try to become a mascot himself and he'll fail at it and then it'll give him a complex. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But anyway, you you actually went to the cinema this week. I did. I did go to the cinema. Which is unlike you. <laughs> I, do, I do like the cinema, but I'm I'm very picky about what I watch. Yeah, and I, I think as we know, you're you're limited by local choice. As am I, actually, to be fair. But well, I mean, I could go and watch any old nonsense, but I like choosing things that are on at the nice cinema near me, which is more art house. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they haven't got time for nonsense. But they were showing Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, which I've heard mixed things about. Some people have said it's it's good fun. Other people have said it's the worst thing ever, and that it's you know it's it's a nonsense biopic. Yeah. Um, but I feel as though it was good fun, and I enjoyed it, and it was nice. And they did a very good job of recreating the energy of um, live performances, which I think with Queen with a film like that is the, probably the most important thing to do. Right, is to capture that energy. It's m- more about capturing a a magical moment in time than it is about anything else right exactly yeah and they they didn't go too far down the um character route and the history of the people route which i was pleased about there was bits here and there and they focused a lot on 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 freddie mercury obviously um and and what it meant for him to be gay and stuff like that um which was relatively delicately handled while still showing off the fact that he was an incredibly flamboyant individual. Right. Um, because it's a very difficult thing with Freddie Mercury to go down to, you know, because he, he lived this very elaborate, um, like over the top lifestyle. Um, but also he was a human being and it's, it was, it's always going to be hard to show that without yeah. losing too much to one side or the other. But I think they did a good job of it. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. I, I do intend to see it at some point i do think it looks good and interesting and possibly more interesting than a film about queen i that i I would have thought it would be actually yeah it It was very good it looks well done yeah i I liked it and the other thing i saw was the suspiria remake which i was very very excited about and did not enjoy would you say it is a shit piece no because a shit piece implies that it's going to be fun to watch Okay. Right. Um, what they did was Suspiria is a very interesting film, the original. Um, a very artistic, very colourful, stylish horror movie hmm. um, with a plot that's not entirely laid out for you, but is very easy to follow. What they've done with the remake is almost make it into an art house film and give it these incredibly heavy overtones of Cold War Berlin and the um, th- this sort of story of guilt over the atrocities that happened during world war ii um but at the same time including a plot about a coven of witches which is what the original movie is about 
but changing that plot about a coven of witches to give it a new spin. So there's all sorts of things going on. Because it's an art house film, everything is unbelievably slow. So it's two and a half hours of slow, not very scary horror movie with all of this extra dramatic and thematic stuff thrown in. And to be honest, it's a bit of a mess. And I was very disappointed. Oh, that sounds rubbish. There was maybe two scenes in it which were very effective from a horror perspective. And if you're making a horror movie, you've got to make a movie that's tense. And it wasn't. There There was two scenes in it which were any good. Was it better or worse than Antichrist? Um, it was better than Antichrist. <laughs> I did not laugh as much at it as I did at Antichrist, but I think that's a good thing when it's going for a very serious... There's this very, very horrible scene. And and there's one thing that I really liked about Suspiria, which is the way that... Because it, it's all about this dance school, which is run by a coven of witches. And, and that's not a spoiler. That's literally the, yeah. the main plot. And if you which don't is know a that, great concept. And and that's a really good concept. And what they do incredibly well in the remake is they tie the idea of interpretive dance and witchcraft together. And there's all of these scenes where the two are entwined. And when, when that happens, it works incredibly well and it's very intense to watch and it's quite creepy and horrible. And and that's where the two um, scenes in the movie that really work are, are great. Um, but unfortunately, the rest of the time, it's a real letdown. And I was I was very disappointed in it, unfortunately. And it's not as though I love the original movie. I know it's seen as this horror masterpiece. And I, I really like it, but I don't hold it up there as one of my favourite films ever. Um, so it's not as though it's like nostalgia glasses talking or, or loyalty. It's just a disappointing film. Oh, that's a shame. Is, does some of that burden have to fall on friend of the podcast, Dakota Johnson? Oh, no, no, no. She, she, up until right at the end of the movie where there's this sudden twist ending, she actually fits the part Ooh. really well because she's this um, quite anxious um, sort of uh, new member of the dance school who doesn't quite know where she stands. And so that kind of nervous energy actually suits the character very well and she puts in a good performance. Interesting. Um, everyone puts in a good performance. It's just... The, the the concept of it is is what lets it down. Interesting, because I heard her talking about it on the Kermode and Mayo, and she was interviewed by Simon Mayo, and she was quite flat when being asked about it. She sounded bored. Oh, okay. I suppose that's just kind of how she comes across, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, but you know, good luck to her. So yeah, you went to the cinema. I haven't been to the cinema in ages. So that, that's it for kind of recent film chat, really. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I still haven't even seen A Star Is Born. I, yeah, I Mate, I don't want to see that. I mean, we can no? watch it later, but... It... We should watch it later. You don't want to see it? I think I think Bradley Cooper might actually be good. I can't, wor- I can't work it out, but his interview on that podcast was very, very good. And he came across as really passionate and really intelligent and really philosophical in kind of a nun dickhead way where it was just on the line where he might have been talking complete pretentious nonsense but i think he got away with it isn't it just an americanized version of that glenn hansard movie though let's be honest here yeah of course it is that's the whole point so why not just watch i can't remember the name of it but you know the one i mean a star is born uh uh, uh, an irish star is born (laughs) oh um p.s i love you (laughs) <laughs> what's it called what's it called that's gonna bug me what's the name of that movie i genuinely have no idea what film you're talking about you don't know what i'm talking about dude no. <laughs> glenn glenn hansard once yeah i have never seen once and i've heard good things and yeah that's great i would like to see it um yeah that's a that's a really good film and and when i saw everything about star is born i just thought this that's just once right 
apart well, from not not because no, it's a it's a remake of an older film. The film that's it's film that's been remade like three or four times. Yeah, but what, they've just given it once, haven't they? <laughs> well, they, you don't know what I'm talking about because you've not seen it. No, but... I've not seen it. Hey, if, <laughs> they, if they make a sequel just do to once. once, is it going to be called Twice? <laughs> and the third one's three times. <laughs> three times a lady. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't Lionel Richie do that? Why didn't he make three films and call them that? Because Whereas basically just the story, that the weird, creepy story that's being told in the the video for hello you've seen that video right yes yeah Where, like he's the, the blind guy and he's sculpting a woman's face it's really weird uh, yeah it's it's or it's is it that one. she's blind and she's sculpting his face i can't remember but it's really strange it is an odd one weirdly it used to be on mtv2 occasionally back in the mid 2000s yeah i remember seeing it on there yeah anyway shall we talk about groundhog day we could do, but I have been stuck in a loop talking about this movie day after day after day. Have you? Yeah. For, well, for it's so, so, funny you should say that because so have I. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what else there is to say <laughs> about it, really. I don't know how to break this spell other than to obviously make a, a woman fall in love with me and climb into bed with me, which is the answer to all problems, right? <laughs> that, I mean, that that is the solution to everything. Yeah. Trick a woman into loving you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much that. And spend a lot of time learning obscure skills so that you can make a lot of things all happen in one day. Yes. That's how it works. That's what yes. the book One Day is about as well. It's about a guy tricking a woman into loving him. Um. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if, really, when it comes down to it, love is just about trickery. It is. It's it's the most elaborate act of trickery <laughs> that one can perform on another person. We are all... <laughs> Just performing birds ruffling our feathers. Yeah, you know Shakespeare understood that. What he was on about all the world's a stage and all that shit. To be or not to be. Well, to be obviously because you have to be an actor when you're in love. To be or not to wasp. That is the question. <laughs> to be movie. Did you know that the B-movie, Jerry Seinfeld, was originally supposed to be a live-action film, but where he would play the kind of animated bee imposed into it? I don't believe you. That can't be true. That was how he originally wanted it to be. But it was too hard. (laughs) (laughs) That can't be true. You're messing with me. No, it's true. It's true. Which is not as good as Groundhog Day. I can say that with confidence, even though I have never even seen it. See, I've not seen B-Movie, and I know that the internet's got this fascination with B-Movie. They they love it. They're all over it. And I'm like, why? What What is it about this movie that's so special? Seinfeld is a talking bee. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't remember where I heard that, but it's definitely 100% true. Right, okay. So yeah, as we've been having this, we've been reliving this day over and over again, we should probably just talk about B-Movie. <laughs> if i'd known this is the first time that it's come up in our however many repeats of this i would have watched it yeah. in the previous previous day this is true if you um yeah i mean if you had just infinite days you would you would just end up seeing every film ever wouldn't you that'd be quite good yes yeah but you'd never get to see the films that were made in the future which would be a shame that's true it's true but yeah, that's that's what is the thing that is good about Groundhog Day, isn't it? That whole kind of 
what would you do? And he goes through the various stages of what you would do as a person, almost as if working his way through the five stages of grief. Yeah, it's it's. I think the way that they frame it is quite clever. And what I what I really like about this movie, and something that I I appreciated at the time but i was worried about going back to see was that obviously bill murray is a jerk in this movie as as he often is in movies that that's his thing he's he's a quirky jerk yes um and and in 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 groundhog day he starts off as a particularly loathsome one he's a lovable quirky Um, jerk (laughs) but at the beginning he's not lovable he's just a jerk yeah um and and I was worried about how that would come across and whether they could truly make him seem like a redeemable character by the end. Yeah. Um and and I think they do. I think he does he does sort of redeem himself and I think they they do a good job of it's almost like obviously he was in Scrooge the sort of modernization of a Christmas carol. Yeah. Um but the, but this feels almost more like that where this curse that's been put upon him is there to actually change his perception of life in general um and and over time he does sort of develop that and you get this understanding that he has changed very much as a person and that he's not just trying to get out of the day but he's doing it as a kind of way to improve himself yeah it's it's actually it's kind of the same basic premise as a christmas carol isn't it that someone who is a knob needs to be shown the value of helping people so that they can change for the better it's a story as old as time really but i think it's explored in a very very interesting and relevant way and even today especially i mean we're we're living in an age of really extreme selfishness aren't we and so it's it's a film that i think is actually still very relevant today and it felt fresh even though it also felt kind of very very early 90s at the same time with its um title sequence and and stuff like comedy pop pop music over the simple simple title i like that yeah, it does feel ridiculously um, of its time, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but but it's enjoyable. It, it's nice that it feels that way. Yeah, definitely. I, di- I did really enjoy watching it, and I, I felt like it had been so long that I hadn't seen it that it was basically like watching it anew. I couldn't really even remember anything that happened, so that was good. I still was kind of taken in and didn't know where it was going, and... I yeah I I loved it as a story and as a concept and the way that it explored the concept. But I'm not sure I fully invested in or believed in the romance, and that's the only bit where it kind of fell down for me. But I, I didn't find that problematic at all because I enjoyed it so much conceptually. But that still kind of yeah I just felt that the romance was the slightly flatter off element that felt more tacked on than the rest of it to me. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that the romance between the two of them feels. Um that sort of workable and i think that's partly down to the way that they framed um annie mcdowell's character in the first place as well um so so she plays um rita who's like the producer to bill murray um who is the the sort of talent weatherman guy the diva perennially old Um, man who here is probably like our age but looks 50 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah um and and so no offense to um, bill murray because like he looks like a distinguished gentleman he's he, like he's a handsome man but even since he was in his early 20s he has looked like a man in his 50s yes yeah i think that's fair to say um and um and and they do a very good job of establishing that all of the tricks that he uses to try and seduce people don't work on her 
um, and that there's something more about her than the women that he normally goes for, I suppose, is the way to frame it. Um, and that she's looking for something else other than just a celebrity shag. Yeah. Um, and which, you know, is fair enough. You know, there's nothing wrong with a, with a celebrity shag. No, not at all. Especially when it's your local weather guy. Exactly. Who wants more than the weather person? See, that's the thing. It's the ultimate. <laughs> Living on such a small island as ours, we don't really have localised weather and localised news. And it's a phenomenon that actually crops up a, lo- a lot in American sitcoms and like rom-coms, isn't it? As well, eventually, obviously, immortalised in um, Anchorman. But yeah, that, that as a concept is something that I think always fascinates me because we get weather, but it's always just one person sternly telling you that there's a cold front coming in from London. Um, I, I don't know about that. I, th- I suppose it depends on how much you watch the local news. I don't watch the local news. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas we, we, d- we do have local news. Um, ev- every area of the country has its own special BBC local news area. Yeah, but, that, but it's always o- like outside of the UK. Seagull who's, who's attacks man up. on beach or plastic bag falls on man's head or, you know, it's all that kind of stuff or... Much, much like Anchorman. <laughs> yeah. Or um, Gunman to Judge Suck Your Mum, Rude Boy, which was <laughs> headline in the Croydon, um, the Croydon, whatever it's called, a few years ago. I'll dig that one and, out. Um, but, but yeah, so we, so we do have that going on. And I think there is this sort of mini celebrity about them um, when they sort of turn up in place and it's like, oh, it's so-and-so from BBC Southeast and things like that. It it does happen. Oh, if you're um, in the BBC so, so machine, I think there that's is. a whole different thing. So, so I think there is that in this country. Um, and I think those people are those kind of minor celebrities in a very sort of day-to-day, mediocre way, where, like you said, it, it's the most inane of news. Um and 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 I I quite like it. I'm not going to lie. I quite like when you when you're sick of fucking Donald Trump and Brexit and whatever neo Nazis are doing in other parts of the world. Putting on BBC Southeast today to find out about what's going on in Gillingham. There's something quite nice about that. <laughs> Someone's grown a fucking massive marrow in Gillingham, mate. Yeah, exactly. There's something really this. nice about that. And now let's go to Carol with the weather. Carol, hi. It's going to rain again because it's England. <laughs> Here's what it's going to do in in bumfuck village in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Thanks, Carol. I I really like that. I like yeah. that so much more at the moment than watching the actual news and seeing all the horrible stuff that's going on through the lens of only having half an hour to do it. So we're, all you get is the awfulness. None of the content. This is true. I just want Carol to tell us that the cows are sitting down and that means it's going to rain right yeah and you get that glorious bit in in local news when it snows where it's let's take a look at the photos yeah. of it snowing in your village oh look here it is in whatever village yeah. oh it's snowing oh look here's another village where it's snowing let's spend five minutes showing pictures of snow i love it i love that kind of stuff yeah and then there's inevitably like pictures of teenagers having hijinks and yeah, drawing penises in the snow and stuff, and throwing snowballs at the camera, and yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with that, and I th- I think that's part of why I love this movie is that the whole of that Groundhog Day nonsense is exactly the kind of local community silliness and that kind of local tradition that really I enjoy and I really appreciate. 
Yeah, it's it it has to be localized because those are the things that make you feel like every day is the same day to day. And I've actually been feeling that a little bit this week just cuz work's really been dragging on and it's just been kind of there. And like yeah, sometimes you do feel like just every day you're getting up to go to the same place to do the same shit. And that's localized to you. And yeah, that that kind of throwing that onto a small town does that really really well but also it's not just any day in the a small town it's like a particular day that is an exceptional day but that then makes it all the more mundane because you have to keep experiencing it again so that's that's clever as well and how they they managed to find this existing real festival and just like literally just throw the film on top of that was really good it's like, it's an actual thing yeah it's really nice and and i think I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that would only happen in Pennsylvania, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's where um, that's where gritty comes from. And 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 it's it's really sweet, and I I I really like it. And I think if I was in America, I would consider going to see this ridiculous festival. I love yeah, it so much. Why not? Apparently, apparently, it's um it draws huge crowds now, and like yeah, you can't get in any of the hotels and whatever. It says. Uh, yeah, the the ground. How old is? If you Google how old is the groundhog, Phil, it says it is claimed that this one groundhog has lived to make weather prognostications since 1886, sustained by <sighs> drinks of groundhog punch or elixir of life administered at the annual groundhog picnic. In this respect, Punxsutawney Phil is unique. The lifespan of a groundhog in the wild is roughly six years. <laughs> <laughs> Like and it's like they the groundhog people take themselves really seriously and wear all these hats year round. They're almost like Freemasons, and it's really cool. Oh, it's so awesome! I really love it. It is it is bizarre but great. Also, there are a lot of different names for groundhog in um the sent like um the Midwest. They call them a root hog, and in Texas, in some areas of Texas, they call them a sod poodle. You ever heard that one? <laughs> Texas, get out! <laughs> One of the um, there's a minor league affiliate of the San Diego Padres who recently changed their name to the Amarillo Sod Poodles, and their lo- that's rubbish. Yeah, it's terrible. But look it up, and their logo is like a really angry-looking groundhog in a hat. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm looking up the <laughs> the various different names for a groundhog, and some of them are just Pokemon names. <laughs> Right. Okay. So we've got. Okay. So we've got wood groundhog. Yeah. Yeah. A chuck. Yeah. A woodchuck. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck? Could a woodchuck? Yeah. That's a a woodchuck is the same as a groundhog, right? Yeah. Woodshock. I'm not sure about that. I think that's the name of a Kirsten Dunst film. That's not about groundhogs. Um, Ground pig. Fair enough. Whistle pig. Not too sure about that one. (laughs) Whistle pig. All one word. (laughs) Whistler. Again, I don't know about that. Thickwood Badger is going to be my porn star name, oh, th- and I thick love it. What? Thickwood Badger. Is that two words or three? That's two words. Thickwood Badger. <laughs> Hi, I'm Thickwood Badger. <laughs> <laughs> um, Canada Marmot. Again, fair enough, because it's a kind of marmot. Yeah. It's all good. Then we've got the weird ones. You've got Monax, definitely a Pokemon name. Yep. Moonak, definitely a Pokemon name. Weenusk. <laughs> A weenusk. Um, that sounds like something monk. you give a baby to get it to go to sleep. 
Red Monk, Red which Monk. I think isn't isn't that one of Batman's villains, the Red Monk? <laughs> um, and among French Canadians in Eastern Canada, Syphilux. Syphilux. Or maybe Syphilux. <laughs> Syphilux. A, a groundhog that has a genital disease. <laughs> Um, so, and yeah, it's lovely so, how sort of localized all of those things are and how that says yeah, so much about yeah. the kind of particular places where it's kind of just weird and stupid things but that if you get to experience them over and over again become familiar and nice to you and then you sort of come out the other side and you go on a journey with them don't you yeah exactly um there's something there's something special about that kind of thing um and and yeah, so I am I am all on board with Groundhog Day as a celebration. Yeah, me too. Especially as the little bit in the town where the groundhog lives is called Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> <laughs> and like the film presents oh, that in a way where like it's not playing it for laughs, but it wants you to laugh at it. You know, it's kind yeah, of striking yeah. that balance. Yeah, it it it's um it's playing up to the silliness of it all without pointing and laughing at it directly which is a good way to do it yeah for sure so yeah i was i did we agree that after watching four weddings at a funeral that andy mcdowell's performance in that film was not good yes yeah it, it's it's fine but and it's fine based on the terrible like script that she had for that movie but it wasn't anything spectacular yep that's fair. So I was hoping she'd kind of redeem herself in this. And I think she was better in this than she was in that. But her performance still didn't grab me as much, I thought. See, I, I like I like her in this. But it's because of the um, way it's been set up. The focus isn't on her. Her character isn't given time to develop because her character is only there to provide the the redemption for Bill Murray's character. Yeah, I think there's this mirror, isn't there, where... Um, she is everything that he needs to become. He needs to get that energy back, that love for life. Um, and so that's what she represents in the movie is very much this kind of excitement, purity of of like energy, I suppose is the best way to put it, where she's not supposed to be seen as this incredibly pure human being in a creepy way, but there's this lack of cynicism um that she represents and i think and i think she does a really good job of providing that energy and providing that juxtaposition um and so yeah i like her performance but yeah the, the there is only one nuanced character in this movie and it is bill murray's phil yeah he gets all the good lines stuff like ned i would love to stand here and talk to you all day but i'm not going to <laughs> yes that was very good <laughs> and that's kind of that's what the tone of the movie is like most of the time isn't it yeah yeah um <laughs> it's it's it, the entire thing is that it's brilliant yeah and yeah when he knows he's gonna live it over again he starts having kind of low-key anarchical fun and then it starts to like gets ridiculous like stealing cars and stealing the groundhog and stuff that's all very very enjoyable i love he's like holding the groundhog in the car and he yeah just crashes the car into the pit it's great yeah i mean that that scene made me laugh an awful lot just the sight of bill murray with a groundhog <laughs> there yeah. was just something something great about that yeah and i love when he's got all the like huge plates of pancakes and donuts because that's what i'd do i would just stuff myself 
If I knew, because yeah, I, would... I assume you you wake up like this. Is the thing the thing that it didn't address is is he aging? He's n- he's not aging. No, I think it's established that he's been there for years and years and years. Right. Okay. So he, the time period of it was obviously over a few years. I I don't. Where did it establish that? Maybe I missed that. I don't know if it's really established, but that's kind of like the impression you get based on how he sort of talks about things and stuff like that. So let's have a little look yeah yeah so so harold ramis um says that he probably lived the same day for about a decade right okay that's interesting because it didn't feel it felt to me like years definitely but maybe not that long but yeah a lot of time passes when he's like becoming really good at the piano and stuff which is also i think what i would do i would use that time to get really really good at something but again yeah if you were aging it would be kind of a sad situation so it's good that he's not i guess because if you were aging and people weren't You'd wake up one day and everyone would be like, oh, what the hell happened to you? So I guess that would be kind of a logic logic loophole. Oh, suddenly you're bald now. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and and I think it was important for them to do that, wasn't it? And, and yeah, I think one of the good fun things about this movie is that you do get onto thinking, like, what would you do if you were in the same situation? Yeah. And you're like, of course he uses it to get laid, which is, yeah, obviously, like, a little bit, of, little bit skeezy, but... He redeems. But that's redeems his character, himself. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And 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 that kind of establishes what kind of character he is at the beginning of the movie, um, where he's just interested in the material and interested in in the physical, rather than on engaging with the world around him and understanding the world around him. Yeah, and it takes a turn when he realizes that he can't save the life of this homeless man, which is a really, I think, quite a good device, which could have been seen as a very, very shoehorned in. Um, you know quite cheap ploy but i think it really works yeah they handle that very sensitively um and they deal with it in a way that doesn't doesn't sort of um lead to an sort of deliberate tearjerker moment as well yeah um so it it walks that line very well and and it and it really does make you understand that there has been this shift in his character too yeah i think it, it does that really well and that means it's it's very very well paced as well because it's, it's a good length, it, it finishes as soon as it needs to, as soon as it's done what it needs to do. Um, but a lot of it does seem like sort of comic set pieces strung together, but it still works. Yeah, yeah, it, it works incredibly well. Yeah. And there's no attempt to kind of explain the logic of why or how it's happening. And once he realises that it's happening, it's just straight in. That's fine. He doesn't, like, wake up and go, oh, I'm fat now. Or, like, like you know... <laughs> To call back it to doesn't spend, another movie. Yeah, it doesn't spend like literally 15 minutes of him walking around going, duh, what day is it? Oh, where's my blueberry Red Bull? Uh, it doesn't do that. <laughs> I'm fat now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it gets right what when, what was that film called? When we used to be young people. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. It gets it gets right what that film got wrong about the logic of time travel and repetition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's also funny how like he can't kill himself, so therefore suicide is treated as a comic device. But it's so absurd that it doesn't feel like it's treating it lightly. Almost, it's like it's so absurd as to be completely inconsequential. Almost. Yeah, they they handle it in a very good way um where where like you said it's it's dealt with as this absurd thing in a way that doesn't feel um like it's treating the subject matter callously if you know what i mean yeah um which yeah so it's it's yeah it's a good one 
And I really like the the Weatherman song that bookends it. I don't know who it's by. It's kind of a cheesy like song going like, he's Weatherman. It's great. Love that. Yeah, yeah. I really like the music in this film in general. It has that kind of silly comedy charm to it that only you only get in comedy movies of this era. Yeah, yeah. So where they actually sort of made the music really, really work and flow with the film, I think. It was almost like Beethoven. Not that I have to bring everything back to Beethoven, but I do. But if you look at the music in Beethoven, it works in kind of a similar way. For a moment there, I did think that you were talking about Beethoven, the composer. Well, that would have been appropriate. But the, no, it's actually then, Mo- it's did... Mozart that he wants to learn in the film, not Beethoven. But And then and then did twig that you were talking about the dog movie. Yeah, which is an amazing movie from a similar time period. <laughs> but I think a similar sensibility to it. I think genuinely a reason why I like a lot of films from around this time is because I loved and still love Beethoven so much that that was a real gateway into 90s filmmaking for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It's from a nostalgic point of view. We should watch Beethoven at some point. Or maybe Beethoven second, because there's a love story between two dogs in that film. <laughs> maybe we should double bill it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be appropriate because they shot both of them back to back. So they like as soon as they finished shooting the first one, they immediately shot the second one with the same cast. So it's all the same cast members and it flows quite neatly. That's how you know that you've got a good movie is when they do that. Yeah. Like the um, Alan Quatermain, <laughs> King Solomon's Mind movies that were made in the 90s or maybe late 80s um, as a way to capitalize on, um, on, on the success of Indiana Jones, which are two of my favorite terrible B movies. Yeah. Um, they're great fun. Um. Yeah, so I, I'm pleased to know that Beethoven did the same thing. Yeah, it's and it also stars Charles Grodin, who kind of similarly to Bill Murray is a man who always looked middle aged, even when he was really really young. Although now he's still he's still around and he's like 85 or something, yeah, you know, 83, and um, he looks old now that he's 85, 83. But he looked kind of he always looked about 45, Charles Grodin. He's the perfect on-screen dad. Yeah, he he was. He's really, from what I remember, I used to watch Beethoven all the time when I was a kid. And from what I remember, he's really good in that film as the exasperated father. Yep. Exasperation. That's what it's all about. (laughs) Indeed. And most importantly, it's the same dog from film one to film two. Whereas Beethoven's third, different dog. Couldn't live up to it. It's like when they replaced Robocop. Yeah, (laughs) with a different cop. (laughs) <laughs> a different cop and then yeah and that by the time you get to robocop and me it's like 15 different cops because <laughs> they got to get him through his whole timeline you know? exactly exactly and then yeah I, I did still cry at the end though when they buried robocop in the garden <laughs> <laughs> just one mechanical leg sticking out of the dirt <laughs> oh Times. Um, spoiler alerts for Marley and me, by the way. Oh yeah, sorry if you couldn't guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I haven't seen that movie, but I knew that obviously it's about the life of a dog. Dogs don't live as long as humans. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Um, but yeah, so 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 going back to um, the movie that we're supposed to be talking about, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Um. 
<laughs> what what else is there to say about this movie? Um, and there's actually I don't know. There's not that much to say about it, is there? It's it's really it's really it doesn't necessarily have like a huge amount of depth and intrigue or lots of stuff for us to to dwell on, really, does it? It's just a great film that kind of is funny and washes over you, and it does make you consider, you know, what would you do if you could have all this time over? But it's done in such a light-handed way as to not make you really want to dwell on it, which is good i guess yeah i think it i think it does things really well in that regard and it's it's and so so what would you do if you were what what would what would be your sort of immediate things you'd want to do if you were living the same day over and over i definitely like learn how to do stuff you know stuff i wanted to do that takes time and like really skilled stuff like learn how to properly make nice art and design stuff on like go go deep on like all of the tech programs that I do and learn how to code and stuff like that you know so I just had a lot of really really deep skills learn languages and stuff but I guess if there was no guarantee that I was going to come out the other side eventually then you'd kind of feel like there wasn't any point in which case because well actually where where I was going with this originally before we discussed whether he was aging or not was that if I knew that I was going to wake up kind of with the exact same body the next day I would eat so much pizza and so many donuts and so much ice cream. I'd literally go to Tesco's, like give them a credit card, buy all the ice cream and just take it out in a trolley and just probably just sit there in the car park just eating it all. <laughs> That's a beautiful image. Because I'm a fat man, all right? Like... <laughs> looking really sad. Just, and I like to imagine no, you haven't bought a no, spoon No, I wouldn't be sad. So you're just shoveling it into your face. No, no, I'd, I'd have bought a spoon in Tesco. Like one of the nice big serving spoons from the upstairs like homeware section. <laughs> I'd have bought one of those. No, no, and I wouldn't be sad. I would be happy. That's the thing. I would be well, just eventually... like, I would be raucous with glee. Surely, eventually, the, the the realization that this might be your life forever would set in, and there would be days where you'd be sad eating ice cream. Yeah, no, I think you couldn't do that every day, but I'd do that maybe once every four or five days. Or I'd I'd work my way through all the food groups: <laughs> pizza, ice cream, <laughs> chips. Yeah, pizza, ice cream, chips, and fried chicken. Oh, mate! I mean, that's what dreams are made of, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I dream about. <laughs> Wait, what would what, what would you do i don't know i mean I, I think something that wasn't really established in this film was how far can you get in one day to visit somewhere you can get to a lot of places in a day yeah because in um yeah because as well they've got that thing with the snowstorm coming in so they can't he can't really leave the town which is very good for constraining the logic of the film isn't it but yeah if we had just a regular old day you could get yeah, it depends. Yeah, if you you rush straight down to the airport, you you get yeah you can get to first flight. I could get I could reasonably I think get to a major league baseball game, assuming the season was on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so so there's all sorts of things that you could do. So I definitely travel a little bit. I'd go to different cities that I could reach. It'd go to um, go to Parliament and fuck shit up. Not in a terrorist way. Just in a like disrupting things so way so like you you you're <laughs> messing up Jacob Rees-Mogg's papers. Yeah, yeah. You you break into his office and just like throw the papers on the floor and run away. <laughs> or you you sneak in a trumpet and then you go into um into like the the public gallery where the you know like the public can go in when they're having all the debates. You sneak in a trumpet and then you just start playing it really badly and really loudly in the middle of a really important Brexit <laughs> debate. 
<laughs> thus adding a lot to the discussion as well. Yeah, I was going to say that um, would not lower the tone of where politics <laughs> is right now. Um, yeah, I definitely do some fun stuff like that as well. Yeah, pr- um, pranks. I would You'd do pranks, wouldn't you? I I would play a lot of video games. Yeah, that's true as well. Oh god! Imagine though, like the the horrible purgatory of getting to a certain point in one game and then saving it, and then realizing you can't pick up from that save from the the next day. Well, yeah, you wouldn't play anything that takes more than like however many hours to complete. Yeah, you'd have to play short games. I I couldn't get through all the Zelda's. No, which is a shame. Could probably do Link to the Past. Yeah, I mean, what you could do is you could look up different speed runs of games and see where all the glitches are and then you could glitch your way through yeah you get the game genie out get the game genie get your action replay yeah it's swimming in the thames there's also yeah all sorts of <laughs> mad sorts of shit you, you could, could do. do yeah you know all the little things are sometimes like you every time i walk across like waterloo bridge in the morning i just want to throw my phone in the river thames and like I actually could if I knew I was going to get it back the next day. Yeah. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff you can do. It's that kind of giving in to all of those impulses, isn't it? But yeah, I appreciate exactly. the way that the Groundhog Day was directed, that it turned that into something that was funny and lighthearted and not something weird. Can you imagine Quentin Tarantino's uh, Groundhog Day? Tarantino's Groundhog Day. It would be a bloodbath. Oh, he murdered people because life is dark and human impulses are dark. Yeah, yeah. but there'd be a lot of speeches. Because, yeah... <laughs> be like, I shot you because I'm living this day over and over again, and it is sad, man. <laughs> no, I, I, that that is a terrible impression of what goes on in a Quentin Tarantino <laughs> movie. Might I add, that is exactly what goes on in every Tarantino. You were you movie. were so close, you were so close <laughs> until you started quoting what you think the Tarantino movie would be. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah. His stuff is more quotable, and I don't have the gift for that. To be fair, (laughs) instead of it's sad, sad man. (laughs) I I was thinking more like Lars von Trier's Groundhog Day. Yeah, if 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 in Lars von Trier's Groundhog Day, he would literally walk up to someone and say, "I am replaying this day. I am sad. I'm going to shoot you now." And then, like a. Uh, or like a whole bunch of groundhogs like rabid horrible groundhogs would come out of the ground and just start eating everyone yeah yeah that would be that that is that is Lars von Trier's groundhog day it'd be called day of the groundhog <laughs> and it'd be four hours long <laughs> mostly just shots shots of like Shia LaBeouf eat getting eaten by groundhogs it would cut between that and then you sitting there eating ice cream. Yeah, in the in the Contrast. car park, in the Tesco yeah. car park, while the groundhogs are just slowly creeping into the car park from all sides. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch that movie. Not gonna lie. Yeah, that'd be good. And Elon Musk could appear in it somehow. Elon Musk is a very good name for a groundhog. Yeah, what do you think? Like Musk makes me think of groundhogs. Like, is that, like yeah, what is is a muskrat the same as a groundhog? <laughs> um, American listeners, what's the difference between a muskrat and a groundhog? Over an here, we have muskrat. I mean, if you if you if you tell us about this, we will explain to you the difference between voles and mice 
and rats and moles and stoats and the various and we- other and weasels. <laughs> so there is a there is a a, a, a website called uh, crittercontrol dot com uh, with a with a page titled "What are the differences between woodchucks and muskrats?" Okay. Oh yeah, I'm on that same one. It's got muskrats. What does a muskrat look like? Animals in chimney, animals in crawl spaces. So this is another thing we don't have in the UK is crawl spaces. You know, this is like an American concept where they're like at the bottom of their house or whatever, they just have like a bit of dead space in the house where uh, the only purpose of which, as I, far as I can tell, is for rodents to crawl into and die and then stink out your house. But w- um, There is another reason for it, Paddy. What? Um, What's that? It's so that so that people can live in the walls of your house and then come in and get you in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't happen here. <laughs> no, we don't have that. No. We're, we're more often uh, brought down by our own hubris than we are by other people. <laughs> it's the British way. So muskrats do look a bit different to, to ground. Yeah, they've got these kind of like whiskery cheeks, as far, mm. as, I can, as, far as I can tell. But yeah... Elon Musk is definitely a groundhog. Yeah, yeah. And then you got beavers. He's definitely, you got beavers. Yeah, oh, whistle pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So, Groundhog Day is directed by Harold Ramis, which is a name I know. Um. Sorry, I got distracted there <laughs> because I found something oh, horrible. Yeah. I will go back to. Harold is Ramis. there um, you're miss- someone living? You're missing li- out. Someone um, living in the walls of your house. I, I wish that would be great. Um, uh, come get Harold you. Ramis did. Um, he was one of the Ghostbusters. Oh, of course, yeah. Did Caddyshack as well, which um, also stars Bill Murray. Yes, um, he he wrote a lot of um, those kind of movies. So he wrote Animal House. Um, oh man, I love he wrote Animal Stripes House. Stripes as well. Wrote Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two, I think. Yeah, good man. Um, he's he's written all sorts over the years and directed a fair few as well. Um, so so Harold Ramis was was phenomenal. Really, really talented comedian. Really, really, really knew what was up. So he's been behind all of this script. stuff. I just could never quite made the connection. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, the thing that distracted me was um, a website called um, practicalselfreliance.com, dot com, which has a a post called buttermilk fried woodchuck. What? Hell no! I am not here for um, this. And there's a picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good! Just what I always um, wanted to see. In fact, there's pictures rodent of meat. the woodchuck before being um, battered, as it's being battered, and then once it's been fried. I'm not really sure that this is a good idea, people. No, do not fry groundhogs. Um, I think it's by some kind of weird survivalist. Okay. Um, put it. I'll send you a link, Paddy. You can put it in the show a notes flat earth, in case thanks. anyone's interested. This is the kind of content that that we need to give people. Give the people what they want. Um, they do refer to groundhogs as basically just big wild rabbits. I'm not sure how true <laughs> that is. They are not remotely like rabbits. No, 
um, so yeah but now i know that people eat groundhogs and that's not something i necessarily needed to know thank you internet i thought you were just going to stop at they refer to groundhogs as basic you know like how you call someone a, a basic bitch <laughs> groundhogs the definition of basic bitch yeah groundhogs are well basic <laughs> There are no sea otters, that's for sure. That's true. Oh, I'm on the um the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club Groundhog Day website, and the pictures are all really low res. <laughs> There's something about that that makes me really happy. It's just it's Groundhog.org, established oh, mate, 1887. Yeah, how hard do you think it would be for us to infiltrate the Groundhog Club? I think I think we could do it. I think it would take some work. It seems like it's mostly about hats. Yeah, and we've both got relatively decent hat game. Yeah, I'd say we've got good hat, good hat game, both of us. I wore, I wore my woolly hat today for the first time. Yeah, I got my woolly hat out as well. It felt amazing. Yep, it was nice. Well, we're going to do it. We're going to infiltrate the yeah. Groundhog Club and find out all the secret information about Phil the Groundhog, because that's what the people want. Is, is, do you reckon it's like Scientology? Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's worse than Scientology. One day the souls of groundhogs were, were frozen and dropped into volcanoes around the world. Yeah, they came and, from space. The bad spirits are why people get depression. Yeah, the groundhogs are causing anxiety. Because I've, I've told you that, that that's what Scientologists believe. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's alien souls that were frozen, were then dropped into volcanoes, and then the alien souls <laughs> infect us with bad thoughts. Literal bad juju. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so going back to Groundhog Day, have you got anything else you'd like to add um, before I get onto the trivia? Just or? that, uh, no, actually. You, just that you can't stop death. No. <laughs> that's really that's, depressing. That's all note. I wanted to say. <laughs> you can't stop death. <laughs> that's kind of the message of it as well. But no, it's it's good. It's a good one. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. Hit, hit me with the trivia. So, so Bill Murray was bitten by the groundhog twice during shooting. He even had to have anti-rabies vaccinations because the bites were so severe. Oh, no. Um, was this when he was driving in the car? I imagine so, yeah. Yeah, so was it? did they use the actual Pennsylvania Punxsutawney groundhog? No, I think they, um, they raised a family of groundhogs to um, be in the movie in different parts here and there. That's kind of a long, long game because, like, how long do you need to raise a groundhog for before it's film ready? I know. I mean, you've got to send it to groundhog um, acting school. Yeah, got to get its groundhog degree. Yeah, hold up. The groundhog site has a page called Groundhog Club Recipe Book. Oh my god, is it called Groundhog yeah. Recipe? Yeah, groundhog is it's here. One of the most frequent questions we get asked is, "What is the traditional Groundhog Day meal?" We, of course, include the traditional groundhog cookie made from molasses as an important treat for Phil's day. Groundhog cookie. It seems to be mostly about the groundhog cookie. And it's $10 for an actual book, Cooking with Punxsutawney Phil. Oh, I love it. I'm I'm looking at the website now. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, wait. There's multiple groundhog cookbooks, apparently. The traditional groundhog recipe started many years ago with Elaine Light, the past president of the Inner Circle. She was also the author of many different cookbooks, which include Gourmets and Groundhogs, The Second Helping, and Cooking with the Groundhog, all of which sound like discarded episodes of Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
I'm going to get you this book for Christmas. Mate, please do. I love it. I love it so much. It's in, it's in my shopping bag right now. $18. Wait, it says choose delivery method, free shipping, $8. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst website ever. <laughs> and I love it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad for... I'm, uh, this is like Groundhog Day. The, the concept could have been done in any way that they're like living the same day over and over and it would have been good but to attach itself to such an interesting and such a weird real festival is just a masterstroke i think that's the thing that really made it such a unique and interesting movie and that's the thing i think that has given it its cult status just centering around the weirdness of life in that way don't you think yes yeah there's this there's this quaintness to it that i think it manages to perfectly capture what small town nostalgia and what small town tradition is really like and how that taps into the root of how people interact um in a really unique way which i I, and and yeah i agree i think that's part of the charm of this movie definitely yeah i'm just looking at the groundhog cookies recipe and it includes currants or raisins so i'm out mate get out replace those with chocolate chips surely yeah yeah you, you could do that as long as you've got the molasses in there, you're fine. But I'm still yeah. not really sure what molasses are. It's like a um, treacle, isn't it, molasses? Yeah. Yeah. It, so- it sounds like something that like it would be part of an old man's skincare routine. So, so like like moth- mothballs <laughs> and that kind of thing. Yeah, Got to get my molasses on. Got to use a flannel on my face. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. It's 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 a kind of um it's it's like a kind of treacle I think molasses. Yeah, I'm gonna do I do I want to Google molasses right now? Hi, I'm molasses. Welcome to my cooking show. But there was um a a molasses flood in Boston. Oh shit! Um, which killed I think about twenty people. Um, there was this storage tank for molasses which broke and it it went flooding through the streets of um of Boston and killed about 20 people. Shit. Imagine that. You killed by molasses. Um, back back in the early 1900s. Blimey. Um apparently according to this molasses and treacle are the same thing. Oh, well there we go. Well there you go. I I did not know that and I bake, but it's never it's never come up in my baking until oh, well. I got to groundhog cookies. <laughs> so thank you groundhog day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you Vex Tony Phil. You've taught us a, a vital lesson. Groundhog Day is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it, it's glorious. It, it teaches us more than one day's worth of stuff. Yeah, you can learn something new every day, which is good if you're repeating the same day over and over because you don't have to keep learning the same thing over and over. Yes, yeah. Um, so, so in terms of average trivia, there was originally going to be a scene where Phil tried to kill Groundhog Phil um, within within his little home. Oh, no. Um, but that was they decided it was too much like Caddyshack, so they, they so they didn't. <laughs> Does he and, kill a groundhog in Caddyshack? I've never it's seen. It's not. It. Is, is it a groundhog? I don't think it's a groundhog in Caddyshack. But yeah, he, he, I think it's been a few years since I saw it. But he def, I think he blows up some kind of rodent with a rodent with a stick of dynamite, doesn't he? <laughs> of I course, think. of course, he does. It's a gopher, I think. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, where does a gopher factor into all of this? Gordon the Gopher. Of course, gophers do not look like Gordon the Gopher. No, 
Americans, you don't know what Gordon the Gopher is either, do you? It was a I'm going to answer British on thing. behalf of our American listeners and say no. Because it was just a thing on British Saturday TV, wasn't it? Yeah. And apparently Go gof- looking- gophers are also known as pocket gophers. <laughs> <laughs> These are just Pokemon. I'm sorry. <laughs> pocket gophers, gotta catch them all. God, Gordon, Gordon the Gopher is horrifying. I've not I've not looked at Gordon the Gopher since I was about seven years old. He does not even look like a rodent. He doesn't. He doesn't. He looks like some kind of discount Muppet. Yeah. Yeah, it's and definitely it, like a Jim Henson cast off. It's fucking horrible. Some uh, Philip Schofield found him in the bins behind the Jim Henson <laughs> studio and was like, You're my new best friend. It's it's uh, no, it, it will have telepathically told him that he's the new best friend because it is that is the kind of thing that is definitely haunted by a poltergeist. <laughs> Look at yeah. it. Fucking hell. You know, it looks like the um the sugar puffs beast. Yeah, it's it's like, it's like someone sort of try shr- to shrunken, grow the yeah. It's like someone tried to grow the honey monster in a vat and something went wrong. <laughs> the honey it, monster. That's the what cloning, I mean. I the cloning the, progr- <laughs> the cloning process didn't quite go right and so this is like an early prototype that went wrong, uh, but it escaped from the vat before they could kill it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, like one of um, Brundle's experiments in the fly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's horrible. But just, just that you know, you just let me get away with calling the, the honey monster the sugar puffs beast. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was going to let that slide. But since since you have brought it up again, <laughs> what, Paddy? Yeah, you know. Sugar Puffs Beast. <laughs> I don't know why, that's really tickled me. I'm so terrible. I'm awful. Oh my god. That's, that's done it for me. Here we go. Um, uh, the other bit of... I liked that Brian Doyle Murray's in this, who is Bill Murray's brother, I think. His older half-brother, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's... he's, uh, And I, I was watching and I was thinking, where do I know him from? And it's because he plays um, Noah of Noah's Arcade fame from Wayne's World. Yes. The guy who buys out the show. Yep. He's had a loads of like really small roles in great things, hasn't he? Yes, yeah. And he's done a lot of writing as well. Um, yeah, and and yeah, so so that was it. Was nice to see him in this. That was good. Yeah, that's good. In a lot of the pictures on Google research, he has a very good mustache. He does have an excellent mustache. Um, the other thing that I liked about this movie was that Michael Shannon's in it, and this was his yeah. first ever movie role. Yeah, that's crazy. He. We obviously discussed this year as the scary, angry general man in The Shape of Water. And yes, he, he turns up here as someone who's just got married. Yeah, looking very young and blonde and with facial hair. Yes, which is kind yeah, of it's quite disconcerting. Yeah, it's a bit, he looks a bit creepy, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so um, apart from that, apparently Tori Amos was considered for the role of Rita, which would have been interesting. Oh. That would have been very interesting indeed, yeah. Was anyone else considered for Bill Murray's role? Because I really couldn't see anyone else doing it. They Even though obviously someone else could have done a great job, obviously. But he was, yeah, it just seems so, such an iconic role for him. 
Yeah, they apparently considered Tom Hanks, but decided he was too nice. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, which, B- yeah, Bill which Murray would works. never appear in a Carly Rae Jepsen video. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I think I, that'll do it for um, that'll do it for trivia. I think that's a nice, nice few tidbits. Yeah, nice. Cool. So yeah, that's it. Well, I, yeah, I was to say it's a great film. I enjoyed it very much. A lot of lot of things to like about it. Always worth revisiting. Great fun. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 excellent. I enjoyed it a lot. So how are we going to rank this? I mean, the obvious one is how many years. Well, we're go- we're going in years, are we? Not we've just... got to go in years. Yeah, because even up to twenty days, twenty days wouldn't be enough, would it? No, no. That I, I wouldn't even be able to get through all the different like ice cream flavors in in that many yeah that many days. Well, exactly. Yeah, within twenty years, I could. I'd have got through every pizza, every every kind of pizza, every kind of ice cream. Yeah, um, I I would I would wait for. 16 years i'd say you know 16 now 20 it's an eight out of 10 it's very very good i don't yeah i don't know that i necessarily like really feverishly love it enough to go above that but yeah it's good it's very it's very good lots to like perhaps yeah the the romance feeling just slightly tacked on maybe just docks one or two points if the romance really really completely nailed it it might have gotten to a 17 or an 18 but yeah it's a 16 i'd say yeah, and for me, um, for me, I'd go with a fifteen for the same reasons as well. It's, it's a very, it's a very funny film. It's a very heartwarming film. Um, really well paced, really well um, written and directed. Really good performances. Um, but the 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 romance aspect of it doesn't really hit home. Um, and yeah, so I wouldn't say that I I love it, but it is a very good movie, and I enjoyed watching it again. Yeah, that's good, and it is a lot better than when we first met. Just as a as a point of comparison. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is much better. And how it deals with similar themes. Yes, yeah, precisely. Cool. Well, that was that was your choice, so it's my choice next. But as next, so next Friday is the thirtieth of November. So it's almost pushing into Christmas. Do you think we should start with the Christmas films already, or should we just have make sure that it's only December? Is like, is it would it be bad luck to do a Christmas film for the thirtieth? What do you reckon? Mm, I think it would be. Yeah, yeah. I think we gotta wait until until it is December before we kick on with those. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, in in that case, shall we shall we do the thing that you texted me about earlier? Just to yeah. to have some, <laughs> just to have like a nice sort of palate cleanser before we before we delve into the festive madness. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. Yeah, so this this means this will be the first time ever we'll be reviewing a video game. We will be, which is some of you may have heard of this game. It came out a few years ago and caused a it ruffled a few feathers when it came out. Should we say? <laughs> uh, it's called Hat Hatterful Boyfriend. And as we're recording this, it's 99p on the um, iOS app store. So I can play it on my phone on the on the tube and get strange looks. But I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it greatly. It seems like a lot of fun and definitely the kind of thing we should be reviewing just as a way to kind of branch out, you know? Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this. I've not played it myself, but it looks like the kind of ridiculous fun that um, I can get on board with. Yeah. So are we going to impose a sort of minimum playing time or something? Or is it just kind of see how far you get within the week? Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe we should do a see how far you get. Yeah, I, I I think that makes sense. 
Yeah. I, yeah, let's do that. Can you complete it? Is it a game you complete or does it just go on forever? I think you can, can't you? Okay. I well, think let, the let, idea yeah. is to... Well, I won't give away too much. No. But let's um, uh, see how it goes. So can. basically, if you, have, if you know nothing about this... It's a pigeon dating simulator set in a school. Yes, yeah. Which, I mean, um, we've talked about some weird crap on this podcast, but that yeah, this, is, the, I think, this takes the by risk far it, the it? weirdest thing that we've talked about, at least in this episode. Yes, yeah. So, um, I think it's going to be something um, special, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. We'll treat it as a special a video game special. Yeah, there we go. Cool. I'm yeah. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I am as well. I've had my eye on this one for a while in terms of weird crap. So let's 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 bring it on. Have you now, you uh, you pigeon fancier? <laughs> That's literally what I texted you, calling you Paddy. Yeah, I got there first. Also, I've just realised that the honey monster looks a lot like Gritty, and I think maybe Gritty might be his child. <laughs> I think he came from the same Gritty came from the same place as Gordon the Gopher. It was just an improved version. <laughs> the the sugar puffs desert. Yeah. Yeah. They crawled out from under the same rock. <laughs> Definitely. Nice. Cool. All right. Well in that case, um all that remains is for us to say thank you very much for listening. We hope you hope you've enjoyed it and that you've learnt some new groundhog facts and that you've enjoyed that as much as we have. Um as always, leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. It always helps. Um very much appreciated if you like what we do um and you can get in touch with us on email at bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com on the twitters uh bigboysdon'tpod always love hearing from you you know what are your groundhog cookies like what would you do if you were living the same day over and over you know yes yeah what would you do i want i want to know what you would do if you had the same day to live over and over again yeah always love to hear from you so drop us a line in the meantime we'll be back next week to discuss the game Hatterful boyfriend. Play along with us if you like. Yes, yeah, do. It's, it's only 99p. So get on board. Get it on your phone. Yes, do it. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye bye.